0: Hello and welcome back to the Essential Blue Podcast. My name is Tommy and I'm your host. So today is the 50th episode we're recording. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened and you know clicked and spent time listening to us speak about Chelsea. Honourable mentions, Judah, Ubi, Ray, Tori, and a lot, Ollie as well, I just want to say thank you to all my friends out there and everybody, this wouldn't be possible to have you guys, and on this special day we have Jess and we have Jet, I haven't had Jet on this podcast for a long time, this is the debut actually, and Jess, the last time she came was episode 20, <laughs> so yeah, I do keep track, yeah, it's good to have you guys on, how are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty good, bro. Um, I mean, I'm better than <laughs> than I was yesterday. So um, when you actually messaged me that we're going to have the podcast yesterday, I I wasn't really in the mood to, to have it yesterday. To be fair with you, so yeah, um, yeah but yeah, I'm, I'm as good as I can be. Yeah.
0: Jet, how you doing, bro?
2: Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, just. Chelsea in
0: it (laughs) yeah and Jess how are you you mentioned you have a flu but you sound fine how are you doing
3: (laughs) yeah I'm doing great just uh the voice that sound you know sounds a a little bit nasally but very very glad to be here and um honored and thank you for having me not the the necessarily like the greatest moment to talk (laughs) about Chelsea but yeah you know it's a big love so
0: yeah yeah so um so Judah mentioned you know the match yesterday. How about we start with um the Villa the Villa game? I mean Jet, what can you talk about? What can you say about the lineup? I mean, what was your reaction to the lineup initially?
2: Um the lineup was for me was a bit weird because I can understand having when you okay, when you look at the back three, for example, you could understand if you see one of Cocarello or Reese James as a center back in part of a back three, but Seeing both was a bit weird. Um the front three didn't surprise me. Um Kovacic Enzo, that didn't surprise me either. That was fine. It was just the back line, yeah, I think that worried a lot of people. Um but pre-game I wasn't like that bothered about it, to be honest with you, until obviously, you know, we uh, conceded that um goal,
0: the first one. Yeah. Um Jess, I'm looking forward to your analysis about the game because I know Initially, if you if you don't mind me saying, initially I know you were more of like let's give Porter time, and like let's see what happens because you said in his first season he usually wobbles a bit, but it seems like you've sort of correct me if I'm wrong. Just is to you. It seems like you've lost um you've lost a bit of patience with Porter. <laughs> what can you say like with regards to yesterday's game as well?
3: Um, do you want me to talk about like the, specifically the game or or my view on Like Potter in in the situation,
0: the loss yesterday's loss. Where put it in perspective for you with regards to Potter, but yeah,
3: um, it you know it's it's complicated actually. If if you look at just the game like a singular game, uh, it it get it gives you a conclusion. But when you look at it from a a systemic point of view, um, not as an isolated game, as something Mm -hmm. that keeps on happening, then the conclusion is a different one. Um, I have a lot to say about. So I'm sorry if I'm if I keep talking too much, just interrupt me. You know, um right. <laughs> when, when I saw the lineup, um I was, as I think a lot of the fans, a little bit worried because I I, I didn't think that Kukrela and kulibali necessarily worked very well together, mm-hmm. but I could at least see the reasoning behind it, behind having two fullbacks as, as center backs. It was a risk, it was a it was a risky decision. I could understand it. Um, it was clear to me that he wanted to leave Koulibaly as the sole center back pretty much and just have what was described to me back then as an attacking back five. So I could mm-hmm. understand it. Again, it's a risky move, but it could make or break him. But I could understand him. So it, it I I would m- personally have preferred to see Badia Shill start. But yeah. I wouldn't like judge Potter and say, oh, he's awful because of, of the lineup itself. But the problem is that during the game, um, you had not only a lot of individual games, I- individual errors. And here's where I disagree with a couple of people because people usually come to me and say, oh, individual." when you have that amount of individual errors, it is a direct consequence of the manager. And I agree with that to a certain extent, because of course, when you have a top, top manager, top coach, you can find the flaws within individual players and then try to fix them or adjust your system to minimize those errors but yeah. sometimes they still exist and you look at the Bayern Dortmund game and what the goalkeeper did that's that doesn't no matter what system you're playing there that's going to happen and uh-huh. so i think that, that that's why if you look at the game like isolated and you look at their second go, and you go, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, Kepa should have saved that, right? <laughs> I can't put that on Potter uh, mm-hmm. if you look at just one game. But when you see that as something that keeps repeating itself, yeah. not only in terms of individual errors, yeah, but also for me, the biggest problem uh, wasn't even the individual errors of Kukurelia, Kulibali, Kepa, or whatever. It was the fact that I could see no pattern of play and people will say, oh, the XG or whatever, and you have the stats and we attacked a lot. Yes, we attacked a lot, but we didn't have a pattern of play to attack. I saw a lot of times where you had four or five players occupying the same space, and it almost felt like people didn't know what to do. Um, yeah. And you had crosses being thrown in the box when you didn't have a player in the box. And then you have three players occupying the left, and then the f- the the right was completely free and you didn't have a switch of play there. So it just felt like it was, it, for me, it's it, it's even, I don't know if it's fair to say that, but it was almost like, go there and attack and find a goal. But just, it felt like people running without knowing what they were supposed to be doing. And that for me was the biggest red flag. Um, and, and so, you know, in essence, if I'm analyzing this game in context with other games, the problem for me is, I think now at this stage, the manager has been given enough time to show improvement. Yeah, yeah to show, yeah. not asking for trophies, I'm not asking for anything major, but y- y- you should have within six, seven months, something to hold on to. You know, oh, I can see that he's trying to implement a certain style, or I can see that this particular pra- player uh, improved in terms of his def- the, the defensive attributes or something. And unfortunately, yeah. I can't see that and that's why i shifted a little bit i'm not going to be screaming potter I, it's just not who i am I'd be like set something out something out. it's not it's not just me but yeah i think i i can't see how things get better from here just because there there have been no signs of it happening if that makes sense
2: i i just wanted to um say about the second goal and um people say Kepper should have saved it or Kepper with the every time a long shot, you know, um, comes in from some uh, from the opposition, you know, Kepper never saves it. But when you just look at the setup of that second goal, first of all, I don't know why every single player in our team was in the box. Yeah. Um, McGinn, I mean, the space he has to even take that shot—it's not like the ball was fizzed into him. Nobody is closing him down. Um, nobody's willing to put their bodies on the line. So if you know that Kepa isn't going to save a long shot, or if you can't trust him to save a long shot, then the players need to do a lot more in that situation to um, block the shot, you know? That's that's all. I, but other than that, I agree with the majority of um, what was said.
3: Just just, just a quick, uh, sorry, like not intervention. I do agree with what we're, you're saying. And this uh, is what I mean by trying to minimize um, the 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 or flaws or something of a player. You have to identify uh, the deficiencies of a player and try to minimize that. So this this would, I, I agree in that sense, but at the same time, and when it comes to Kepa, I'm not even like single him and out. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's a terrible goalkeeper at all, but he has clear deficiencies and no matter who, who you have there, um, you're going to have one or two shots every, every you know, every game happening. And if you have a world-class goalkeeper there, he's going to save that. So uh, it, this is not me saying, oh, he is the, the soap. Uh, this is not me putting the blame on him and taking it out of Potter. I just think it's 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 definitely... The, the, the major p- person that I'm holding accountable for is definitely the manager, no doubt. But even with, with Thomas Tuchel, who, in my opinion, and I've said this multiple times, is one of the best managers in the world, football even he struggled with individual errors and it and it was not a reflection of his uh obviously it was not a reflection of his uh, capabilities as as a as a tactician and it happens you know unfortunately
2: yeah i i can i completely get that and like sometimes a manager set up um and the way he wants his team to play the manager can't do anything about players making individual mistakes that's where i would feel sorry for basically all managers in the game you know um when a player makes an individual mistake you can't just you know point you can't just blame that on the manager you have to blame that on the players of course so yeah, yeah I, hear that. I, hear, I hear that
0: we agree the only difference is and um in the large in the large scale of things we're 11th but i want to bring judah in actually judah i mean judah after yesterday's result What can you say? Like, where can you say Chelsea is now, like, in our season? In your opinion, what can you say? What can
1: I say about where we are right now?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: um, a famous uh, manager once said, like, once you start accepting defeats, that's, like, the beginning of the end of the road, yeah? And even Mario's season, where, you know, like, we came 10th, and, you know, we're so appalling. There wasn't a point, there was never a point as in that season where Oreo came out and was like accepting defeat or putting blame on others. And for a long time, that's what Porter was doing. until when he realized that, okay, at some point I will have to take responsibility for these results, you know, there was a time you know, when he was blaming injuries, putting the blame on, you know, so many other factors and people were also like backing him up, you know, excusing him and saying that, yeah, the injuries are these, you know, new players and all that. Well, yesterday we had a couple of players that have played together for over, like two months now or something that they know each other well, they should know what they're doing on the pitch. But at this moment in time, there's still no pattern of play. After like twenty-two games, or how many games has he had, as, as um you know in the league, as as a as a Chelsea coach, and we are still not seeing any. We're not are still seeing any attacking pattern, any you know, direction of how they want to play. It's just like they're just playing with vibe, you know, like he's just picking the team and <laughs> then them go and do what you want to do. Like there's so many you know instances of where you you'll be like. What's was was the setup exactly like what's the taxes? What is it telling these guys on, on the training pitch? Like, is it that they are not listening to him or he's just the one not you know inputting um um like good taxes or something like instructions like you know we, we see pep, we see pep on a daily basis, the way he, he shouts at his players that you know do this and do that. You will know that okay, this is someone that is actually telling the players what they should do, but Graham, Graham Stephen Potter is always like calm, folding his arms, putting his arms in his pockets and looking on and watch everything fall apart. Like he's not even shouting at them that move this way or go this way, or you know, like some sort of action to like even make people believe that okay, you know what you're doing, you know. So it's just is also is also like um um appalling and atrocious. Like today, I saw a, a stats that I'm going to read out on Twitter. Um it says in Graham Potter's twenty-two matches in the league. We have he has scored twenty one goals, and we have conceded twenty one goals. And over that time, Chelsea has accumulated um, an XG of twenty eight point three, while the XG against is twenty seven point two. Like, bro, do you know how appalling that is? Like, that's that's so poor. Like, <laughs> I can't even.
0: Let me come in there and say, you guys all know that. We all we all know twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen season was horrible. But the fact we're 11th, that was worse than this is worse than that season. I never expected us to come to this level. I actually expected that after the world cup things would change and will be better. But for things to regress this bad is just appalling. This is why I keep asking. Where are we um, right now?
1: Sorry, tell me, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but I expected that after the Transfer window with the amount of quality we've brought in, I expected at least at the very minimum you should be able to be beating the bottom teams. You should be able to beat Southampton, beat Aston Villa, beat Wells West Ham. You against West Ham. Like, yeah. I don't know. The guys just so annoying. Man. Like, it's the results are so annoying. And
0: yeah, Fresh. go on, go on. Let's speak about the moment. Let's speak about the moment of the match and. the uh... Obviously, we lost, so I think we'll say don't give the game. But if you haven't the match, you feel free to tell us you of the match. But Jet, how about you? What can you say? What was one moment stood out for you yesterday? And who was the culprit of the match or man of the match for you in the match? Oh, oh Jesus, man of the match <laughs> culprit. Oh my days.
2: Um, one or the other, not too um, Okay, one or the other. Um, oh shit. the culprit. I mean. I don't know whether people are going to agree with this or not, but, mate, Mudrick, this Bre, seriously, uh, he's, yesterday was like his big chance for me because considering that, yes, he hasn't been playing recently and, you know, um, there were kind of concerns over certain players not being able to play today. Everyone knew he was going to play, but. Them two chances, yeah. We may be angry at Potter, and of course, everybody wants him out and stuff like that, but stuff like this is just why, in ways, I do feel sorry for him. The two chances he had, bro. I mean, the one where he took the ball off Kamara, um, and he had that shot basically inside the box, and then the pass from Kovacic. I mean, I swear to God. All right, bro, when, when he was through on goal, yeah, I, my eyes lit up. I thought, first goal, here we are. And he shot it so early, and and, it, and the power was pathetic. I, I was so rattled, I, I, I lost my head, bro. So, for me, just for that alone, culprit. Because it's like, Aston Villa will 1-0 up for quite a while, and... There were times where we could have easily equalised and this game could have turned around despite playing poorly actually and despite um, Villa being the better team in my opinion throughout the whole game. So, yeah. That's my culprit of the match.
0: So, what moment moment stood out for you?
2: One moment that stood out for me? Yeah. Oh my... Yeah. I mean... I don't know. Yesterday was so bad. (laughs) I don't... I'm not... I don't... I don't know. I'll be honest, bro. I have no idea.
0: I'll I'll keep yeah. it short. Yeah, sorry. All right, um, Jess, how about you? What, who who can you say was like the? I don't know if you have a man of the match, corporate of the match, and then the one moments to that for you.
3: I'm not gonna say like man of the match because we lost.
0: Yeah. So
3: I think, but I think Chiwo was great. Um, you could see that he was trying. He was frustrated so he was actually one of if not the only one that i could say he had a good game Mm. and that's why i can't really pick the culprit or whatever because i just think everyone was so poor from the manager to just everyone it was just horrible it was excruciating actually um and and chill for me stood out he's been very solid he looked like our only threat at times that, that he could—he would really look like if anyone's gonna score is gonna be him. He's gonna pull something out of the bag. So, and the the moment for me, the best moment of the game for me was seeing Nikola back, uh, even for a few minutes to tap him back, and it's just hopeful. You know, gives us a little bit of hope for the future that he can stay fit because we all know he's a world class player. And he changes games. He always does. You, you don't have to go far and, and, and see how important he was during our UCL campaign where we won. So mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 was the, the best moment for me was seeing him for for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um before I bring in Druda, um Jet, you spoke about Modric's chance. Do you think perhaps we're being a bit too harsh? You know how we've watched Werner miss chances for a long time. We all remember that chance Torres missed against Manu. We all know Chelsea attackers. We often say, it's just oh, a
1: lack of confidence." It's a lack of confidence.
0: Lack of confidence, yeah. But like you know, we all say Chelsea attackers o- only get like two big chances, and then everybody goes crazy. Well, compared to like Man City and Liverpool attackers, who get like on average maybe eight or five big chances, and then at least they score one or two. You know. So do you think perhaps, Jet? This is a question to you. Do you think perhaps? Modric is suffering from that right now. Suffering from confidence, yeah. Like Judas said, actually, yeah, confidence as well. Um, yes, I I do. My point is, we've seen Vernon Torres do this. You can think of any other striker, Morata as well. You know, so like, it's not really, it's not really new, is it? I know it's not a striker, but yeah. I mean, Jets in that context. What do you think?
2: You know what? You're right in terms of that because all of our attackers have um been shocking in front of goal it's just the frustration of okay put it put it like this right one i'm frustrated like i'm just really frustrated and you may think i'm being too harsh on mudrick and that's fair enough i don't i don't actually blame people who think i don't blame any of you guys if you think i am being too harsh because at the end of the day in in terms of experience he actually doesn't have that much league experience like I'm, I'm not sure he even cracked up like 70 appearances for um, uh, Shakhtar um, in the Ukrainian League. So in terms of experience and stuff like that, he's a young player. He's very raw. Of course, yes, maybe I'm being harsh, but it's just it's just frustration because we've seen this for ages. So yes, I shouldn't be surprised, of course, but... Considering, you know, he's a new player, considering the way I've seen this fan base hype him up, you know, the way we took the mick out of Arsenal for not getting him. And now they have Trossard, who probably has been the best January signing um, that we've seen in a while. You know, look, yes, he he, he is lacking confidence. Um, I think a lot of the team are lacking confidence. And uh, yeah, it is what it is.
0: First, first, all right, Judah. How about you, moment of the match and man of the match? I'm sorry, not man of the match, corporate of the match or man of the match, any anyway. no moments today, okay? Um,
1: well, corporate of the match first for the second week running. Um, yeah, and <laughs> he, he, is, he like that guy, he's a cop, he's a, he's a um, what they call it, um. He's a crook, like that, that guy. He, he sold, he sold bully dreams. He sold bully dreams, and I don't know the kind of dreams that he sold to bully and Egwili that they they are still not like woken up from their dream up till now. Like it's it's amazing how they are still like sticking to this guy and you know still dropping PR reports. Like I mean, I think yesterday we were we were talking and you know you were asking that it's funny how. The PR reports hadn't come out yet after the game and all that. But bro, look at what is coming out this this evening or like this afternoon. Like the PR reports are coming out again, man. And it's so it's so mind-blowing like how some set of um, leaders or, or people that will call like the board, they are sitting in their eye chairs and all that and still backing this medical performance and results like it's it's mind-blowing so yeah he has to be the corporate he has to be the corporate of the match and yeah like um just said as well special mention to to benjiro because i mean the lad played his his, his um sleeves out like at a point this guy was playing CB you know he was playing center back when when um Graham Stephen Potter was chasing the game <laughs> you know he put him he put him at CB beside Kuliav. So so yeah I mean Chua really really played well and I'm um, speaking on Chua that my moment of the match will also be like um the goal that got disallowed so I, I in my opinion I think that was really soft. So, like, mm-hmm. she was where one that got this allowed. So, I would I would say that's probably the moment of the match because maybe we'll not see if we could have gotten an equaliser then. Maybe, you know, the story, the story will be different today. But, so, yeah, I, would, I think I'll take that as my mm-hmm. moment of the match as well.
0: And, um, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so I think it's about time to speak about Liverpool. But I noticed, Jet, you have not really been... What's the word? Um... If you've not really been critical of Potter. I've noticed. Actually, I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe twenty minutes into the episode, and you haven't really criticized Potter once. I'm surprised. Is this is something happening that I'm not aware of? Like, is there? Are you saying something that you want to share? Perhaps you've seen improvements by Potter or something. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Potter. Um. Look, when it comes to Potter, when he originally came in, I was okay. happy with him um i actually remember talking actually you know it's funny yeah after last yeah. night i kind of yeah. went through like um tweets between me and you regarding potter and how <laughs> you said you weren't convinced with him like from the second he walked through the door and um and and i had said to you that like i think he is going to be the next manager but i'm not sure that um we'll be patient with him if you know certain things don't go well and look with with Potter as well, um, at this point, if if to be honest, if he gets sacked, I'm not that bothered, and if he stays, I'm not that bothered. There's been times where I've been like, okay, this is the start. You're gonna now go kick on, you know. I'm starting to see some things, but then there's moments like um, the Southampton and the Spurs game where you where you're just like, okay, what 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 the hell is going on here? So with Potter, it's not one of those ones where I particularly want him to stay or want him gone, I just want to see us win. Like, when I wanted him in, it was early on in the year when we had made all those signings like Mudrick, Felix, Badiashile, Ashil, all those guys. And yeah. my only expectation of Potter then was, let me just see some good football, let me see what you're trying to build, stick with the formation. And let's win some games. Now, we've not been doing that. And the worst thing is about our time under Potter, especially since the bad runners, in some games, we've actually looked good for a period of time, but then we end up just falling off. You look at the West Ham game where we drew 1-1. We looked good for like 20 minutes. Yeah, we looked so good. But then the rest of the game, we were just dull. We were boring. We didn't look like we were going to score. And... The thing I hate about us, and this is even regardless of Potter, this even happened on the Tuchel. It just, and uh, at times in the Lampard, it feels like the longer the game goes, we just don't look likely to ever score, ever. Like, you, I just knew from the second we went one-nil down, like we weren't gonna score. Not just because of the players, but also Potter. Like tactically, one thing I will say before I I, I finish my point is, I'm really surprised at how bad Potter's been tactically. Like, because at Brighton, tactically, this guy was getting it spot on. Like, when I mentioned to you earlier about our conversations way early in the season, like September when he came in, and you had, like, said, oh, what was Potter really done? And I told you that You know, um, what he did against um, us in both games last season, what he did to Man United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Tottenham, all these teams, how he's been able to compete with the big six tactically. And it's like, I expected him to tactically be really good and make us compete in some of the games, to be fair. But boy, it's been absolutely awful. So when it comes to Potter, at this point, I'm not in, I'm not out. I just want to see Chelsea win first,
0: first, fair point,
1: fair point. Sorry, I'm just going to bring you back on uh, something that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's funny how they always like start the game well, like the first 15-20 minutes, they always press, like they always press I with intensity and all that. And then all of a sudden that just disappears. And I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm just saying, like, is this down to the manager or or the players or like what exactly is going on. And in such situations, oh, yeah, it's only one person to blame, and that's the coach, that's the manager, because he's the one that is meant to be on their necks on, you know, like shouting at them and telling them, why did you stop pressing? or why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Last the, the yesterday game, the first 15 minutes, do you not know, see Kukurella? He was in on at the faces of the attackers and you know like Pressing and winning the ball back high up the pitch and all that, you know, but then all of a sudden that just like, you know, died out and it's more or less like they forgot what they were meant to be doing or something. So I don't know, it's just, it's just so um, funny the way, you know, like, like he mentioned, they play well 20 minutes and, you know, you're like seeing some sort of tactics or improvements and then all of a sudden that just was it the many 70 minutes of, of football or something and also yeah another thing I wanted to mention I don't know what this guy tells them at half time. like what does he always tell these players at halftime like every other club or every other you know um, team or something when they are one go down or two goes down at halftime or something you see them they come back and you know they are eager you know they're fighting they're right they're, they're raring to go and you know like trying to you know get a go back and so and you know react basically. But these Chelsea players, they, they come out second half and they it's even like they are worse than than the first half. Like it's happened so many times under Grand Potter, where you'll be like, okay First half is done, second half they can, you know, rejuvenate themselves, they can, you know, give them some tactical advice or something and, you know, give them an edge basically because that's your job as a coach. If you Even if you get your tactics wrong the first half, second half is there for you to right your wrongs, you know, to tell them that, okay, do this and do that and let's try and get a goal back. But it's never the case with grandpa. I can't remember one game where we've gone down um, in the first half and in the second half we've come back to win or something or like to see a proper game and the proper performance from the from the team. So it's just so everything is just going against him and yeah, I'm 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 tired. I'm tired
0: man. Yeah. All right, um let's move on a bit. Before we speak about the Liverpool game, just Jess, Jess, I wanna ask you this question. I know people are annoyed by people say on Twitter anyway, they're like, oh riz James isn't really being involved. Jess, Jess, I don't know if you can hear me. They're like Riz James isn't really being involved nowadays. What can you say about Porter using Rhys James as the right centre-back? Because to be fair, Tuchel did use Rhys James as the right centre-back. The main reason I'm asking is because do you think perhaps Rhys James doesn't trust his body as much to go back and forth constantly anymore? Jess, what do you think?
2: This is, you know, that's actually a really good question. And this is an interesting um, discussion about Rhys James because I feel like in terms of yesterday, um... And this is why I wasn't that annoyed with the lineup, um Because Reece James, with these injuries recently, it's just screaming to me that um, Potter, I think yesterday, I think the reason why I put him there was because, one, obviously he's a key player, he has to play if he's fit. But also, like, um, I think it's to protect him a little bit because I think he trusted, um, what's his name, Ruben Loftus cheek enough to, because he can play right wing back, so he thought, okay, Rhys James, you know, he had an injury concern, I think I think he pulled out of the England, um, yeah. yeah, he pulled out um, of the England team, because apparently there was concern around his hamstring, so, and apparently he's fine now, of course, and with that, I think Potter was like, you know what, you're good defensively, Watkins is a threat in behind um, you know, so we're going to put you at centre-back because obviously you're good on the ball, you can defend, um, we trust you from that perspective. But then when you look at it in hindsight and the amount of space Ruben had, yeah, in yeah. that right-wing-back position, you just think to yourself, if Rhys James is there, you know, he definitely puts in a couple quality crosses and maybe we do get through. So it's an interesting... Point of view with Reese James at right centre back because under Tuchel Tuchel used Reese James as a right centre back in the right games. Like Real Madrid away was is a perfect example. That game where he used him there was simply because of Vinicius Jr. That's it. Going forward, look, we'll rely on Mason, Werner, who played, um Ruben will um make a shift to like a you know have a three in midfield and stuff like that when Tuchel put him there it was for genuine tactical reasons it was genuine good reasons like did you get what i'm saying with potter i think it's down to tactically a little bit but i also think it's down to also protecting reese james and not um using his energy so much because nowadays I just feel like if, if Rhys James is bombing up and down the wing for like 60 minutes straight, I just feel like maybe he's going to get injured now. So we should take him off at this time. So I think I do feel sorry for Potter in terms of that because I bet he would want to play Rhys James as a right wing back, but he probably knows he can't do it consistently because, you know, Rhys James can break
0: down easily. Yeah. yeah, Jess, I suggest. Yeah, Jess, this is a question to you as well. So Jessica, I should probably say Jessica. Actually,
3: um, I think I never. Okay, so personally, I will always get a bit frustrated seeing Rhys James at right centre back, just because of what everything that he offers. It's it's quite obvious um, going forward. I don't necessarily agree with the take that uh, Tuchel used Rhys James for tactical reasons as um, at Rice centre back every single time. I remember getting frustrated a lot when he employed uh, Reese James at right center back. Um, particularly in, uh, against Real Madrid, I would agree. It was simply because of Vinicius Jr. And what, it was one of the few instances where I didn't get angry at Rhys playing center back. Um, but normally, as a general rule, I, I won't like it. Um, for the game against Villa, it was an exception because, as Jed pointed out, I think it was more of a fitness thing. And because of the fact that we're going to have the the UCL, so I don't know if whether he was protecting Reece James in terms of fitness, or whether he was trying to see how he would work in the center back, and if he's trying to replicate that against Vinicius Junior, and and it has something to do with that. I don't know the exact reasoning behind it. Um, and I also th- I think it was like an am- amalgamation of factors. Also, the fact that he I think he wanted to have two like fullbacks attacking centre-backs, let's say. So I think it was it was both a tactical decision as it was trying to protect Reese for the future um, games that we're going to have to see. Um, it feels a little bit tough on Trevor Chalaba, I have to say, but it also for me highlights, yeah, but it also for me highlights the importance of the Malagusto signing, uh, no matter who the, the manager is, whether Potter or whoever else we're going to have next summer. In terms of squad, um it's it's huge. Like the Malagusto signing for me, it's huge because we lose so much quality uh in in, in our attack when we don't have these James fit. Um and, and Jet uh, Jet pointed out the amount of space that Ruben got and, and just how he he couldn't really utilize it perfectly. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. No, but Jess Jessica, I also want to ask you this, because you, you alluded to Potter's tinkering and stuff. I mean, why is he dropping Ba Chile? And I know he doesn't really fancy Chaloba as well, but I, this we could go on and on about this conversation, but he brought Chaloba on against Everton, but now he doesn't feature him. I don't know if Chal- Chaloba didn't play any minutes, did he on he didn't play any minutes at all yesterday, did he? So Je- Jessica, this is my question to you. Why does Potter keep tinkering? And you're too cool. didn't is too tinkered? as well but he was successful you know but he knew when to deliver as well
3: no I, I don't know if there's a, an exact reason um he is known for 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 changing his his lineup a lot even back at brighton um the brighton fans um always, always joked about never knowing the lineup before a game it was ju- always a surprise so it is a characteristic of the manager um uh, but a, as for buddy Ashil, i honestly don't know it is the biggest mystery to me at first i thought okay because he can't count on show for the for the ucl maybe he he wants to to use the the premier league to see if he can find a setup that works in the champions league and i thought at first that was the reasoning but then again we started to have a lot of injuries like for 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 example wesley fofana and it just made no sense to keep using like like almost overloading players particular particularly players that don't work well together like Korea and Koulibaly. it it is a big mystery the the Benoit Bad- shio thing for me is one of the greatest mistakes so far that I've seen just because he has been great for us yeah. um so i i don't i i I don't know I don't know the reasoning. It's just like me trying to find an explanation, and the closest I got was was as I said, just maybe he trying to find something that works trying to use the Premier League as a way to find the setup that works in the Champions League. But I don't know if that necessarily is the smartest thing to do. But yeah. that's the only explanation that I can come up with.
0: It's too much. It's too much. Am yeah, Judo, is there anything you'd like to add before we speak about Liverpool?
1: Um, I was just going to say, if that's what he's doing, then he's not really the smartest guy, is he? because <laughs> yeah. you're in a poor run of form you need like wins and uh, 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 like whatever win you can get basically and you know the funniest thing yeah is had like two weeks or how many weeks were, were we on international break for to prepare for this game uh Astor villa game and see, you know he's not that, that long to prepare for this game and he still comes up with that sort of lineup and you know like the team still comes up with that sort of performance I mean, I'm just going to uh, move on to the Liverpool game. So, for the <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> because I'm even tired of speaking about Butter uh, because for the Liverpool game, yeah, I was always of the opinion that um, the players will always, like, come clutch for this guy. And, you know, you remember I, I said, if we're even going to win the Champions League or anything, that the players are going to be the one winning it for Graham Potter. Well, at this point in time, I don't even think the players have got it in, in got it in them anymore to like carry this guy to results whatsoever. And I just believe the Liverpool game has another loss because remember they're also like in a poor, poor they have they're having a poor season and definitely they we also like want the win maybe even more than our players. So <laughs> I don't see uh, I think it's at is it at Anfield is the game at no,
0: Anfield is at the bridge.
1: Oh, it's at the bridge. Okay. Well, I, I, no, no difference. Anyways, it's not like it's not like we have a good or um, um, we even have a better waveform than even than even a step bridge. So it's not like it's not like it's made any difference anyway. So, but well, I don't see um, oh, what's it called. Chelsea, the Chelsea or Graham, Steven Potter getting points against Klopp, and you know I I just don't see it happening. And the most painful part about it, yeah, is that even if it loses to Liverpool, I still, still, I still don't see this board acting like it's just so painful but I, I guess at this point we just have to accept that we are ending the season with this guy no matter what <laughs> happened. Even if we get slapped 4 law or, or 5 nil <laughs> or whatever at the Benaboo we are still ending the season with Grand Potter and yeah just just it's sad it's sad man the, the, the levels that Kelsey have, have fallen to it's just it's sad to see.
0: Before I introduce um Jet yeah I want to say this for like the Liverpool I, I feel like this might be Potter's last game if he loses against Liverpool. Personally, so
3: me, yeah, okay.
1: I'm just going to ask you: Can you <laughs> count how many times we've said that on this podcast? <laughs> because I can remember very well. You know, we said the same like against Everton and all that. We like, were saying, you know, like the international break, they were going to yeah. use it. So, like we've we've said this countless times. Man, I'm even tired of saying it.
0: Yeah, no. third time lucky or fourth time lucky. Trust me, I think this might actually happen this time. But yeah, I'm just. What can you say about the Liverpool game? How are you looking? How are you seeing it? How are you looking forward to it? Well, what the bridge? Oh, me crazy, but I actually
2: think we might have a chance. And yeah. the reason the reason why i think we have a chance is because it's not even just because of the fact that liverpool have been bad but oh. jürgen klopp this season yeah has um, i i i kid you not he has been one of the worst managers in europe i've watched liverpool so many times this season yeah tactically and the way these guys play is pathetic. Like mm. I know they're above us and this is what really annoys me. It's like I would I would sit here and say we're better than them, but the table literally says they're better than us when the reality is it's just it's just it's just not the case. It's just not the case. And I believe we have a chance because I'm sorry, I know it's Manchester City, yeah, but if you saw that game against Man City, the second half, mate. It's just Everything around Liverpool right now is just bad. Like, I feel like the camp there is bad. All the players are just demotivated. And you know what? I've seen these players, you know, be up for it for at least one game. If there's... I I, I tweeted, I think, not long ago, Potter, don't you dare lose to Liverpool. This Liverpool team are horrendous. Yes, we're horrendous. I understand that. But... I... I, the reason why I'm just so passionate about this is because I, just watching Liverpool, I've genuinely been disgusted. Like, with, Ch- I felt,
1: um, with Chelsea... Yes, Quick question. question for you. So, um, if he loses against Liverpool, is that going to break the comments back for you then? Because a long ago, no, you mentioned that you're not bothered whether Potter stays or whether he leaves or something. So, if he loses against Liverpool, is that going to be like the last straw for you then?
2: Possibly. Because... Spurs really annoyed me. I can't lie. Like Spurs, he made me lose my head. Like I tweeted out some mad, mad stuff like (laughs) after the Spurs game. Um, So to be honest, yes, there's a good chance that he might lose me. But then at the same time, I've already said I'm not at this point. I'm not actually that bothered. I just think with this Liverpool game. It's probably our best chance of winning a game against a Big Six team because tactically they've been awful this season. Their players just look really demotivated. Um, you know, what we've known Liverpool for in recent seasons, they're not even doing anymore. Those guys can't even press properly. They play a very high line as well. So you know what? If there's a, if there's one game where there's a chance for the attack to flourish, it's this one. The, these guys play a high line. Van Dijk looks finished. Um, Trent, absolute bozo, Um, their midfield is horrendous, like, now that Kante's back, yo, Kante, Kova, Enzo, versus, what, Fabinho, Henderson, Harvey Elliott, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, we should win this game, like, we should actually win this game, we should go into this game showing that, you know what, they are shitter than us, because at this point, we're not gonna get top four, OK, I don't even know if we're going to get top six. I just want us to beat Liverpool. I actually want us to just win a big six game. And if there's one where I look and I think, you know what? These players can genuinely, you know, um, beat um, a big six team. It's it's Liverpool. So in terms of Potter, just he, all I can say is he can't, he can't F this up. He actually tactically cannot because Klopp is... At at this moment in time, I'm not saying in general, I'm not saying in general because Klopp's CV speaks for itself, but at this moment in time, yeah, they. Klopp is the worst tactically right now. Away from home, they have been horrendous. Um, The only game they've won away from home that's like significant is Spurs. They got battered away at. Manchester City they lost to Man United away from home they lost to Arsenal away from home Um, they got dunked on by Real Madrid twice as well so the way they play should suit us and actually when you even look at the last game we played against them you know it was it was a very bad game but I the the thing I took away from that game is we probably should have won despite both teams being bad so yeah
0: Okay. so yeah I was just going to talk about uh, first Jed you made a good point you know but um yeah jessica can you hear me can we talk about liverpool and then we'll talk about i know it's been like 40 minutes into the episode and we haven't spoken about Nagelsmann yet but yeah jessica what can you tell me about liverpool
3: um i agree with jet i i tend to say that they are worse than us but the table um tells a different story and it's frustrating because they've been very very poor actually um and i'm kind of worried about the game because here's the thing I will always want Chelsea to win, always. I don't care if it's Benitez that we have, Filipão, Villas-Boas, whoever, I'll always want Chelsea to win. So I want us to win against Liverpool. Um, but I, I, I don't know what the implications are going to be if we win. And I don't know if what the implications are going to be if we lose, because if you lose to this Liverpool side, that's, that's a symbols, you know, it's unacceptable. But at the same time, if you win, at least for me, like we we need to win. We need to win. But for me, winning against Liverpool at this current stage shouldn't give it, like it's not an indication that we're moving in the right direction on its own. I, I need to see a lot more than winning against Liverpool. And I don't know yeah. what, if we win, like what the implications are going to be. Does that mean like what are the owners or the decision makers are going to be looking at? Um, or are going to be expecting at um, of this game out of this game? So uh, currently, I just have a lot of questions. But as far as football goes, I think we have de- we we definitely have enough in our squad to be able to 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 come out with a win. Are we going to do it? I don't know. Right now, it doesn't look like we can beat any side. Yeah, it, that it, it's frustrating because right now I wouldn't I. I <laughs> Like as a fan, it breaks your heart. But I, 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 don't see us beating anyone, so it's frustrating.
1: Um. So I was just going to say, um, <laughs> the thing is that, uh, in my opinion, personally, um, I don't think winning against Liverpool is actually like going to change winning or losing. I don't think it's going to change the outcome of like Potter or the. Um, what's it called the leadership stand Uh, I don't know if you get what I mean I feel like left to them they've probably like just (laughs) written this whole season off and I feel like no matter what Potter does yeah whether even he starts winning games or something or you know he loses the more he's still going to they're still going to like let him go in the summer i i believe i i don't want to believe that (laughs) after this run of form and you know this sort of results they still keep him for next season i don't want to believe that so i believe like they've they just like they just um giving up and they're like okay let's see what he can do in the champions league and i think the only thing that can actually save him is if (laughs) is somehow by some miracle or something you know wins the Champions League or at least gets the final.
2: It will save him if he wins the Champions League. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the only thing that's going to save him. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like I I believe that's the only thing that, that will save his job. But anything aside that he's going to get the sack in the summer. And I don't think the sack is coming now. I, I think it's going to wait till summer. So so yeah. <laughs> I just want Chelsea to win games, like um, Jess said. Like I would never advocate for us to lose a, a match or something. So, yeah, it is what it is, man. Yeah.
2: I agree. I think the sack is... I think it's nearly... I think it's nearly coming. I don't think he'll get sacked regardless of the result against Liverpool. Something tells me he'll, he'll, he'll either happen at the season or if we lose against Real Madrid and we have basically nothing to play for. Which is which will be kind of frustrating. So, in terms of Potter getting the sack, look, mm-hmm. I, I to be honest, I said it for a while. I thought that regardless, he he he's gonna get till the end of the season. In fact, you know those three wins in a row that we had, I thought those I thought those wins were gonna yeah. be enough for the owners to be like, okay, you you've got preseason next season, or oh, because we won three games yeah. in a row.
1: Jed, sorry to cut you but I was going to say um, you mentioned that uh, uh, what was it called? that they're going to sack him if we lose against Madrid. But, like, would that not be pointless, though? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be, like... Um, it would be, yeah. Wouldn't that make, make them make a fool of themselves, basically? Of because course. You have- You are sucking the manager when there's literally nothing left to fight for. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they are going to do that. I don't think they will suck him even if he loses against Madrid. I feel like they've just given up. And uh, it's the whole situation is just a mess. It's just a mess. Think,
2: but I think they will because these guys. You know as much as i think overall they've done more good than bad and that they can have a few bozo moments as a board so i feel like this could be a bozo moment that they have they've realized oh we've made no progress oh we're at the champions league okay we may as well sack him get julian ogsman in and uh let's just try build for next season that's and that would be absolutely pointless i agree like if we do sack him after losing to Madrid, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. If anything, he sh- he should get sacked now, so yeah. we have a genuine chance to go through against Real Madrid. I mean, imagine getting Julian Nagelsmann in. We beat Real Madrid, face Bayern, they beat City, mate. Wh- what? We, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be something, you know? Well, it's not gonna happen, so. <laughs>
0: I just want to say this. He, obviously, you guys spoke about Nagelsmann. I want to talk about him too. But I just want to say this because you brought up Bayern. Let's not forget, Pep did the double over Tuchel last season. And there's no guarantee Dude. Chelsea are going to beat Madrid. I said If Nagelsmann comes in, fair point. We could have the manager bounce and all that. But everybody is saying Bayern are going to beat City. I don't think that's the case, to be honest. But we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Jess, what can you talking about same Nagelsmann?
1: way, same way. He did the double against the Newcastle. way took also did the double against him and won the Champions League, bro. So, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> so that's, that's,
2: that's that's league football. That's league football. Champions League football hits different. You lot uh, should know exactly,
1: that. exactly. So you should know by now that the is, is a different beast when it comes to like you know the cup competitions. So yeah, bro. Of course, it's this, a two game. This
2: by this by Munich team is is pretty pretty good. It's <laughs> it's up mm-hmm. there, like. The squad, the yeah. l- levels, like, other than the goalkeeper, like, yo, they're elite everywhere. I'll be real.
0: <laughs> Jessica, do you share the same views with the guys about, like, you know, Tukul and Pep, the battle?
3: I think it's pretty open, actually. I think it's pretty open. I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's going to be... So who do you think might go through then? I'm always going to be... Oh... You know, it's Man City and it's the Champions League, and because of that, I'm going to go Bayern. <laughs> but uh, but I don't think it's it's is I think it's it, it actually looks like a very very interesting tactical battle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking forward to that game a lot because um, I really want to see how how um, because because I mean it's it, the short time that Tuchel had it's it's kind of unclear exactly what players he's gonna be using because he didn't start with Musiala, he didn't start with Cancelo um, against Dortmund so but yeah so I, i'm I'm intrigued to see what what he's going to to do he didn't use a back three i think right he used a back four um against Dortmund yeah he played 43 yeah right? so so but then again he had Kimmich right so he had a defensive midfielder which he never really had here um so yeah, it's, I'm just excited for the game. Actually, like from a objective point of view, I I'm not gonna be rude. I'm not gonna be like a, a. I don't. I'm not a fan of either team. So it's I'm gonna be watching as I think almost as a neutral. The only reason of not being neutral is because of the, of the obviously, I'm a Chelsea fan, and it's funny that Manchester City never won the Champions League, and that's the only reason that I'm not gonna be. Uh, 100% neutral <laughs> but uh but yeah it's just gonna be a, an incredible football match to 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 watch and and i'm I'm looking forward actually again from a neutral perspective to see what what happens with certain players for Bayern that i'm very intrigued to see um how uh Thomas Tuchel will work with them like uh Sadio Mane who i'm a huge fan of i think he's a fantastic player so yeah
0: i agree yeah no i just want to say this before we talk about Nagelsmann. man no, i'll call it a day. Um, Personally, I love Tuko. I love him one hundred percent. Personally, I have my money on Pep. I think must go through, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think it's, it's in a week. In a week's time, or fortnight, we'll see what happens. Um, Jessica, to you again. Let's talk about snuggles, run What can you say? Are you are you buying the snuggles, Appointment.
3: Um, I okay. So here's there there are a couple of things for me. Um, that needs to be put in a balance here. I think that there are no possible appointments out there that I think, oh, this is the guy. Like, personally, I don't see one person out there nodding, he cannot, not Negosman, not Amorin, that I'll say, oh, this is 100% the right fit, it's going to work, like we had when we appointed Thomas Tuchel before. Um, but everybody knew he was the guy. I just mean in that sense, right? So everybody was on, on board, and at 100%, everybody could see he would be the, the perfect uh person for us i don't see that at that at at this moment um i like a few things from from negosman i but i i think people sometimes sometimes have a distorted uh view of him Mm -hmm. i i i personally like him i think he's a very good coach i think he's a future uh because he's very young so he has all that potential he has shown uh with a top side what he can do you know, with Bayern, obviously I'm talking about. um, So I think there are good aspects there. But at the same time, people say, oh, he's a long-term project guy. I don't know where they get that view from. Maybe because he worked at, (laughs) you know, at other clubs, but he doesn't necessarily have the best track record with young players. Um, he, He, right. So he is a sort of manager that likes results now. So mm-hmm. he is short term in that sense, so I don't understand why people look at him and say, "Oh, he is a long term project manager." um, maybe it has something to do with his relationship with Vival and how he works with the board um but I personally don't age. look at him and say, "Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe is 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 due to his age, yeah, but the way that he works for me, he's a very results now type of coach from what I have seen um in terms of how he deals with young players and how he deals with the academy. He's also very explosive and he has, he's had, he had trouble before with, with players and the dressing room. So, you know, there's this element that we have to take into consideration. So is he the right fit? I don't know. I honestly, as I said, I don't see anyone that, that I would say, oh, he's going to be the perfect fit. So I don't know if he's the right fit would i be happy with him initially yes i think he's a great a good coach and i would be willing to give him the opportunity so i would think he's a is a good is a good option but again it's going to be like a um, like a risk i think anyone that you appoint at this moment in time is going to be a risk particularly with the view of the owners of having someone long term which is a view that i actually like and that i'm excited about but when you have a project long term you're 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 actually committing to, you know, enduring difficult times, right? Which is why sometimes I feel like I'm betraying my principles, and I actually tweeted that when I'm beta- uh, betraying my principles uh, a little yeah, bit, right. being so yeah, oh, so overcritical of Potter in that sense, because when you have a, a project or a process or whatever you want to call it, those uh, silly words, um you, you're gonna have tough times that you're gonna have to push through and endure. But I think the the key is during those tough times, do you have something to hold on to? Can you see little bits of improvement? Can you see a uh, tactical display? Can you see the idea or what the manager is trying to implement? And right now, I don't see that with Potter. And if whoever comes in, if it's if it's Negosman or whoever else, it's about that for me during the tough, the tough times, if they happen or when they happen. Can you see that? Can you see the idea behind it? What I would what I like to say is he is a very... Inventive um, tactician. He, um, I am. More, I'm gonna say what I'm most worry about when it comes to him is is how he gonna adapt or how he would be able to adapt to the Premier League defensively because he has some interesting ideas. Let's say like that um, uh, when setting up a defense, and that's the 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 one thing that I'm most concerned about. Let's say like that. But overall, I think he's a top coach. I think he has he has shown that he can think outside the box, and it would be interesting if if anything. He's also I I know it's not something that bothered me per se because I'm not really um, I I want a, a a manager. I like a manager that connects with the fans, but yeah. I don't necessarily think that connection comes with the te- theatrics, with the passion and the screaming. That's that's good if it happens, right? That's great. I'm not gonna lie, as a fan, you you, you like that. But, I, but I, I think, yeah, but I think that can happen even when you don't see that. So you look at Ancelotti, he stays on the, the sideline and he raises his eyebrow. That's enough. But, that, but you, 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 for some reason, you have the manager buying into uh, the culture of the club and buying into what that particular club represents and what it means and, and, and creating that effort to connect with, with I don't know, with the, the, the soul of the club or whatever you want to call yeah. it yeah. and with, yeah. with Potter I don't know if it's uh, almost like a um, self-preservation thing, but I haven't seen him put the effort um, or almost like he's scared to, to, to jump in head first, you know, from the beginning. And I think because you've seen with Chelsea in the past managers, even through tough spells, the, the, the fans, when they connected with the manager, they backed him. Like even with, with Roman wanting to, to sack the managers, the fans always backed the manager. When they had the connection with it, with Sadi, uh, with Sahi, th- there was no connection. Like it was a mismatch with the fans, and you saw the fans, a lot of the fans, um, wanting him to, to to leave. But you know, during Lump uh, uh, Frank Lampard's time, difficult times with 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 uh, Jose, with with Ancelotti, with Carl, you know, the fans always stick with it. But you have to have that relationship, and I don't think yeah. that Potter has built that relationship with the fans. And based on what I've seen with with it it is in his character to try to create that. So I think that's a positive aspect that could maybe, like, gain him time or patience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true, true. To be fair, once you win games, you sort of, like, build a connection with the fans. But I do agree, during times of adversity, you need that connection as well. So I'd certainly agree. I think Porter's just a stale bland guy that's a problem but we'll leave it there um judah okay because i know you're a fan of uh, what's his name enrique so i um... know and i know chelsea do not necessarily linked to enrique but Yeah, so So, I I don't know what,
1: first of all, I'll just say, I don't know what their obsession is with young, like, this, this bully guy, yeah, he has, has, like, a, a fetish for, like, young, young players, young coaches, everything young, like, I don't know, why can't they just get someone that is experienced? Like experienced enough as one enough, and you know they keep talking about like this five year project or what was the name is it twenty twenty five projects or something, or like you know they keep t- keep talking about projects, project, projects, project, but why can't you get someone? that can manage your projects well for you. Why are you obsessed with going for young coaches that are just up and coming? Is the that's the sole reason why you know he went for Potter in the first place. Just because he saw Potter as you know a young coach that is up and coming and trying to build his name and that's why they went for him. And every day you you see us being linked with the likes of um Amorim and uh, what's the Brighton the the Zabio was his name. You know these are guys that are yeah. still up and coming and you are you're sat sort there of wondering like what's what's going on here? Why why are you, why are they not linked to the likes of um um Luis Henrique, who has, you know, won trophies, knows what it is to manage a big club, you know, has been there, has done it, and it's just mind-boggling. But for Nagrisman, um just like just said, um, if he comes in, I'm, I'm I'm not going to be um training force or something or saying that he will not do well. It's just like every manager when they get into a new job, you wait to see what they bring to the table and And um, I was actually going to um, uh, disagree to one of the points that she made, and that was about um, when go came in. When Tugol came in, not everyone was was on board with you know the signing of go. I personally wasn't. Um, you know, I was of the opinion that why are they getting you know go and I didn't see it's been a success as it was. And most people were still hungover on on um, Lampard and saying, you know, they shouldn't have, we shouldn't have sacked Lampard and all. So, yeah, my point is that I, I don't think there's ever a manager where, um, Chelsea in particular, I don't want to talk about other clubs now, but like Chelsea in particular, where the old fans have been like, yes, this is the right, you know, manager or something. So that's never happened. It's up to you to, you know, get the job and then prove yourself, basically. Yeah, I don't know if you know what I mean. So yeah, hopefully if they give the job. Yeah, go on.
0: No, I was just going to say, I think what she means is that there's no like overwhelming like, sorry, I'm sorry, not overwhelming support, but overwhelming like, Anger towards the manager is generally like low key, low key. you get, but now this is the first time that I think as a whole fan base, we're all like, get this guy out. Yeah, you know, that, you know. Yeah, I yeah, remember... but
1: at the same time, not not everyone wants Nagusman. You know, there are, there are so many people that are, you know, Nagusman is not our first choice. And just because there are so many coaches available, there's Pochi there's Luis Eric, like we've mentioned, you know, there, there are other managers as well that are gettable. Um, but
0: case of anybody but potter for me and everybody i think yeah, that's exactly. i think that's the case exactly. i think
1: that's fair to say for everyone almost everyone <laughs> almost everyone just wants potter gone <laughs> basically i mean i was seeing people um i was seeing people saying Simeone somewhere saying mori i'm like come on man <laughs> what, what What's wrong with people man
3: <laughs> sorry um No, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just um, explaining what I meant. It was that um, once uh, Frank was gone, there was just like one big name out there. So it was just obvious that it had to be Tomas That's That's what I mean. And now there is just... There are a couple uh, but of yes, names, you know, but, the, but there's, uh, when, when yeah, we are
1: playing no, Negusman was there as well, you know, people were actually. No, there.
3: I know, but he wasn't, he wasn't, let's say, not well established. Like now he's, he's at, by what I mean is there was no one name right now. There's no one name above the others. I mean, everybody talks about Negusman, but I think it has a lot more to do with his connection with Vivo, but there's, in terms of the fans. As you said, some some people want Pochettino, some people want Zidane, some people want Luis Enrique. There's no one name. that just completely stu- uh, Stands out. There's like the majority of the fans want this person. That's that's just what I meant. Yeah,
0: yeah um, Jets, what can you say, man? About the whole Nagos run thing. Are you a fan? Are you, do you have somebody else in mind? Like Jessica mentioned, she mentioned a lot of people, like Zidane, Pochettino. I know, I know. Um, Judah is a fan of Enrique, but uh, Jets, who's your I know you're not put in, but who's your person? Um,
2: to be honest, I agree with what Jess said about the names out there currently. None of them really stand out to me at the moment um, because I probably have concerns about every single one of them. Um, for example, with Enrique, outside of MSN, you know, it's not, it's not really looking good in terms of his CV. Um, when you look at um the job he did at other clubs um those fans seem to not like him to be honest with you and then when it comes to like Nagelsmann for example this might sound crazy but like i do low key see some similarities to Potter, just except for the age like you know
3: yeah definitely I, mean, definitely I get
2: because when when i look at him at Bayern Munich right it's almost like to me that at Bayern he did like some of the bare minimum, like this season, despite only losing three games, if you had watched Bayern for the most part, they didn't really impress me like that. You know, I thought to myself, you know, if we get Bayern, you know, you know, when I wouldn't, I'd back our chances potentially against them. But when when you look at the profile of our squad, it probably suits him the most out of all of them. Um, Nagelsmann, I think. It's, I think the squad suits him more than the likes of Enrique, um, even Zidane. I feel like those types of managers need a bit of experience with them, whilst Nagelsmann, I do agree with Jess when she says he's sort of a... he's not really that long-term of a manager, and to be honest, like, with some of the new signings, I don't think they'd have a chance under him. Cause, because Bayern Munich, you know, the likes of Sane didn't play well. The likes of Komen really didn't play well. Nabri, Mane, all these guys were unhappy with the way Noguzman was using them because Nagusman doesn't really like playing with wingers like that in his team. He prefers to be narrow prefers to have you know there were times where he was playing musiala out wide with muller in the tent and then he'd have a winger there because he'd have to with like chupo moting up front so in terms of when you look at the way he used by munich and you compare that to this squad i'd be concerned for some players like Mudrik. would he like Mudrik? i'm not quite sure if he'd be a fan of Mudrik or Madueke because they're proper wingers that want to run in behind or like you know cut inside and take their player on i'm not sure he'd like that i feel like when you look at the profile of this squad he'd like use the likes of mason mount i think in wide positions because of his versatility i think obviously he'd like Jao felix there'd even be a chance that i think a bamiyang would somehow get back into this squad and play up front because he's not really a fan of not having a natural striker playing up front so Havertz would probably be used differently Um, so in terms of Nagelsmann, I think he's massively overrated I don't think he's as good as people um, say he is because overall, I think he done a poor job at Bayern Munich like, yeah you could say he won the league but so what? like, everybody wins the league at Bayern Munich that's expected, that's like the bare minimum, you know, I remember when they went out in the Champions League last season to Villarreal that was poor, that was really bad, and I felt like that loss to Villarreal in the Champions League quarterfinals, considering he had Lewandowski at the time as well, that I think was the beginning of the end. And then when, and ever since, obviously Tuchel has gone to buy Munich. I've been keeping an eye out on why they sacked Nagelsmann, and it comes down to like loads of different things. One of them comes down to the fact that he couldn't handle the big players in the dressing room. Apparently, after the loss to Leverkus- I mean, after the loss to PSG. There was a report that said Mane had, like, a rant in the dressing room because he only played, like, eight minutes. And, like, Nagelsmann folded and he bottled it by playing him in the next game. Like, come on now. Like, what? Because Mane had a rant for eight minutes, you know, because, you know, he didn't play much despite coming back from injury. Nagelsmann just folded and, like, sort of... You know, okay, fine. I'll I'll play in the next game. It just, I'm just concerned in terms of you know, would he be able to handle the big players in the dressing room? You know, like because the the I think one of the main uh, problems okay, we've had okay. at Chelsea. Wait, before before you before you go ahead, I think one of the biggest problems at Chelsea that we've had for years is player power. Player power is a massive issue. These players always win once they want to down twos on the manager. It's over, and I just feel like Nogsman would just fold once these players turn on him. In my opinion, so
0: yeah. I was just gonna say, um, did it, did they lose PSG? I don't think they lost. It was more. They of didn't right? lose. They... they didn't yeah. lose to PSG. They they won both legs. But if you actually watch the games, like.
2: I would say that the reason why they went through is because PSG were absolutely awful. Galtier set them up absolutely, it was shocking the way he set them up. It wasn't like Bayern Munich were that impressive, to be completely honest with you. I watched both games with a close eye. Like I can almost guarantee you that if, if it was Man City that played... You know what, yeah, we, we discussed earlier on about um, Tuchel cool being there and how like that matchup with Pep is more interesting now. I can guarantee you, I think if Nagelsmann... Had managed that Bayern Munich game for Man City, Man City would have gone through comfortably,
0: in my opinion, because, yeah, go go ahead. Doesn't? Rate said he doesn't. He's not afraid of buying. But Judah, you had something to say. Let me know. Delay before we round up. We're gonna round up now. Judah, yeah.
1: Um, no, I was just going to mention when um Jets was talking about um he not being able to handle big players and stuff like that. I feel like I'm of the opinion that, you know, we, people said the same about Tuchel when, you know, he was sacked at PSG and was about to come to Chelsea and they were like, he couldn't uh, handle Messi, Uh, Neymar and um, Mbappe, you know, and the lot. So, no, I'm not saying you did, I'm just saying people did and, you know, it's something that we all know. Yeah, so, and I feel like also, I feel like Evie is like a smart person of which I want to believe he is he should have like learned a lot from that uh, you know experience i mean it's a good thing that we are not going to be like the first big big club that is walking into or like potter it's just like the same way i'm very sure potter would have learned a lot from his experience with chelsea you know when he eventually gets sacked i mean there'll be a lot that he has taken from the job and you know we have, that he will repeat we repeats when he goes to a new job so it's the same way with Nagusman. i believe uh, i want to believe he should have learned um, a lot from is um was it called? Is is thing in violent basically? So yeah, I, I'm. I don't think that should be much of an issue. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. In that case, um, Jessica, would you like to round us up? It was good to have you and Jet and Judah. I uh, noticed you guys; your initials are all J, which is quite nice. Jessica, would you like to round us up?
3: Um, no, I was just uh, saying that. <clears throat> I'm sorry. As I said, I'm six. <laughs> I'm a fool. Um, I was just um say thank you for for having me on and and for letting me rant about chelsea which is a club that obviously we all love um it was great talking to you guys and and you know knowing a little bit of your view and and getting to to learn more you know when you discuss things yeah. you 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 get different aspects of things and you learn so i just truly really appreciate the opportunity and um yeah thank you it was great
0: yeah it's good to have you as well jet Yo, bro man, you haven't making videos of late. What's going on? You guys go watch um Jess's YouTube channel. Allow me. Um
2: now with my YouTube, it'll it'll be back up soon. I'm trying I'm just trying to make improvements on it. I'm just working on stuff behind the scenes and um it's been a busy um last couple months for me. But yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um it's been a long time, you know. Um yep. so yeah, it was nice it was nice talking to you again. And, um, you know, everyone else on here as well. It was nice talking to you and uh, having a couple of debates and talking about how bad
0: Chelsea Football Club are. (laughs) Yeah, don't be a stranger, man. Be free to come back again soon. Of course, of course. Uh, Judah, bro, man, thank you for coming.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And we look to do this again, hopefully on a more lighter note or like a better, happier note (laughs) than today's episode. (laughs) So... Yeah, hopefully we don't get, we don't have a donkey of the of the game third game in a row. (laughs) So yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: cheers, guys. Thank you. You have a good one. Thanks for listening.